You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family loved and served by God, compelled to love and serve each other and Austin with God. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. Well, uh, it's a fun morning. So glad that you're here. If you're visiting, we hope that you feel welcome to get a kind of taste of who we are. We're a pretty laid back church that really loves God and wants to help people know him and know how he loves you. And so I hope that you're experiencing that this morning and I hope you get to meet some people and feel really welcomed. But um, today what we're going to do is we're going to continue a series we started a couple weeks back called Follow. And in this series, what we're really trying to highlight is, is the fact that the Christian faith is incredibly relational. It's incredibly relational that Christian faith doesn't boil down to certain rules that you need to follow, but actually a relationship that God invites us to have with him, which is why when Jesus, God the Son, shows up and begins his ministry on earth, his, his, his communication, his, what he would say over and over and over again is, hey, come follow me. Not here, do this, do this, do this. He's just, come, come follow me. Like, come get to know me. Come be with me. Come do what I'm doing. Like, this is what he would say to people, and he would make that invitation to everyone. We talked about that in week one. Everyone's invited to follow no matter where you are, no matter what you believe, no matter how you behave. Like, you can't, not believing in Jesus doesn't disqualify you from being invited by Jesus to follow him. Not obeying Jesus doesn't disqualify you from, from being invited by Jesus to come follow him. And you just look at the people that Jesus invited to follow them. None of them believed in him. None of them were uh, obeying him at that time. He still said, hey, hey, come, come follow me. Come get to know me. Come be where I am. And then we saw last week, Justin did a, just a fantastic job. What a great message. I really love thinking about this and just challenged by it this last week. But he talked about what following looks like, just, you know, real practically. It's just, like, it's just doing the next thing that Jesus has invited you to do. Just say, okay, because you said, I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that with you. And just taking that next step. And begin following him. Now, there's more to be said on that, and I'm not going to flush out or, or refresh on all of the we said in those first two messages. And so if you weren't with us in week one or week two of this series, I'd really encourage you. I, I rarely do this, but in this series, what I'd like to do is encourage you, go back and listen to the podcast. Catch up, because these two messages are really foundational for this series, okay? And so if you miss them, then you're going to want to listen to those. And you can do that on our website or anywhere else you get a podcast. So do that. I'd encourage you to do that because not only are they foundational for our mess, this series, but they're really foundational for what it looks like to live the Christian life. I mean, it's really key stuff. And so, but today we're going to talk about uh, one specific uh, topic, one, one uh, key kind of question that I think we have when it comes to the topic of following. And that's the question that, um, I think we naturally want to ask if someone were to say to us, hey, come follow me. The question being, where are we going, <laughs> right? Like, where do you want to take me? If I'm going to follow you, what's going to be different? What's going to result from this? Where are we going? Where are you wanting to take me? And I don't know about you, but like when someone says, come follow me, that's the kind of questions I'm asking. I don't know how many people are actually telling you, hey, come follow me. It still happens quite a bit in my life because I have a six-year-old daughter. And she regularly comes up to me, grabs me by the hand and says, Hey, Dad, close your eyes and follow me. And I'm thinking, I don't want to close my eyes and follow you. Tell me where we're going and then I'll decide if I want to go. But if you've seen my daughter, you know she's way too cute to ever say anything like that. And I'm way too wrapped around her finger. And so I just say, okay, I'll close my eyes. I'm going to follow you. But I would rather have my eyes wide open and know where I'm going. 
And so Jesus says, hey, come follow me. Everyone's invited. Come follow me. And we probably want to say, okay, well, Jesus, before I decide I'm going to follow you, can you tell me where are we headed? Like, where are you trying to take me? What's going to happen if I, I do this? And I think that's a fair question. And in the gospel accounts, the eyewitness accounts of Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus actually answer that question. Now, here's what's interesting. His answer to that question is probably really different than what you would expect his answer to that question to be. Because I, I think maybe some of us would expect Jesus to answer it this way. Okay, you want to know where I'm trying to take you? I'm trying to take you to, so that you become a better person. Become a better person. If you follow me, you know, you'll be a better husband. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better mother. You'll be a better father. You'll be a, a, a better friend. You'll just be a, a better person. And here's the thing. <laughs> it's true. If we follow Jesus He's going to help us become a better person. We'll forgive quicker. We'll be more generous. We'll be kinder. We'll be gracious. We'll be loving. That is true. But here's what's really interesting. You read the gospel accounts, and I really encourage you to do so. You don't see Jesus leading off. Hey, come follow me, and I'll make you a better person. You don't, you don't see that. Now, in addition, you don't see him say this either. Hey, come follow me so you can go to heaven. Isn't that interesting? Now, he doesn't say, in fact, Jesus, he rarely ever, ever talked about going to heaven. He talked often about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. He talked about, um, you know, if you uh, believe in him, like whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And everlasting life or being with God is what we think of when we think about heaven. And so he would connect believing in him with heaven. If you believe in him, everlasting life. But not following, he wouldn't say, follow me so you can go to heaven. He, he didn't use heaven as the carrot at the end of the stick to try to get people to follow him. Isn't that interesting? And he, in addition, he didn't use uh, th this promise. Hey, if you follow me, you'll have a pain-free and problem-free life. Problem-free and pain-free. Now, I think we all wish that this was true and that this is what he promised if we followed him. In fact, we wish that so much that people take advantage of that desire. And this is super sad, but you, find, you can find a lot of people who claim to teach God's word and love Jesus and all that stuff. And they teach this false teaching that if you follow Jesus, then your life is going to go well. You'll have health and wealth and success if you just follow Jesus. Just follow him and everything's going to be pain-free, problem-free. But here's the deal. There's a big problem with that teaching. It's really two big problems with that teaching. First is that Jesus never taught that. Like he never, ever taught that. And then the second problem with that teaching is that Jesus didn't even experience that. And I don't know if y'all know this, but Jesus was the very best at following Jesus. Like he was really good at it. It's like wherever he went, there Jesus was. And it's like, it's amazing. And yet, how, does it, how do things turn out for Jesus? rejected, hanging on a cross. So, so this is not what Jesus would say. Hey, hey, come follow me. Here's what I want to take you. Problem-free, pain-free. He, he never said that. So what did Jesus say? Why would he say, okay, if Jesus, why should I follow you? He says, let me tell you. Here's what I want to take you. What, what was his answer to that? I don't want to just want to tell you. I want to help you discover it for yourselves. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 10. If you have your Bible or your phone, you can go there. Uh, also have the slides up here for you. 
But uh, I think that is what you're going to see here as we look at this and kind of discover this, kind of you know, pull this out. What's going to be really interesting is that once you see this, you're going to recognize this, that Jesus talks about this all, all the time. Like in all the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're going to say, like, this is like just, Jesus is so consistent with this message. He brings it up so often. So anyways, in fact, he brings it up so often, I had a hard time deciding what passage to teach from today because uh, it's just everywhere. But uh, so I picked a little bit more of an obscure passage of a conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. And um, I think that um, I think that I think that'll keep us interested. All right, so we're going to look at this Matthew chapter ten. Now, let me say a couple more things before we you know we get into it. The first is um, you know, in way of context, Matthew ten is a fascinating passage of scripture because in it it's kind of near the beginning of Jesus his ministry. Uh, he's actually in Matthew ten. He's he selects his twelve disciples. So he said lots of people are following him, but he, at this point in Matthew 10, he picks the 12. They're going to be his disciples. And these 12 at this point, like they're pumped up. <laughs> like they're super excited. Like I, Jesus picked me, you know, kind of thing. Because Jesus at this time in his ministry is incredibly popular. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's just got tons of people following him, just crowds everywhere. Because, and people, people are thinking, maybe. May, Maybe he's the promised Messiah. Maybe he's going to be the one that's going to, you know, rescue us from Roman oppression, set Israel free. And so, like, everyone wants to be around Jesus. And therefore, the disciples, being his closest followers now, they're popular, too, because they're close to Jesus. And so people want to be close to them because they're close to Jesus. So, like, they're, like, they're pumped up. Things are looking good for them. Jesus picks them. And then, in the same chapter... Matthew 10, he pulls them to the side, and he says a few things to him. He says, hey, I'm now going to send you out. And I'm going to send you out with the same message that I have. And I'm going to give you some of the power. I'm going to empower you with some of my power to be able to do some of the things that I've been doing. And then he gets, like, super, super specific. He says, okay, now, and when you go, I want to tell you, like, here's where you go. And here's how long you're to stay. And here's how much money to take. And, in fact, here's how much clothes to pack. And he gets, like, super specific. And they're listening to this. And they're like, okay, I can do that. That sounds good. And then after all these instructions, it's all Matthew 10. The conversation takes a turn, and what Jesus says catches them off guard. Now, before I read this, I don't want you to be confused, so let me just, you know, a little caveat here. What Jesus says will the, the, his disciples, his first followers will experience, you're not going to experience, okay? So don't, don't be afraid, all right? But it's kind of scary. And so don't, don't you're like, I should say 99.999% sure you will not experience what, what he says they're going to experience. We're just listening to a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. But at the end of that conversation, he's going to point them to, or he's going to let them know, here's where I want to take you. And what Jesus says at that point to his first followers is also true for us if we're going to follow Jesus. Where he says he wants to take them is also where he wants to take us. And we're going to see that at the end here. So let's just, but we're diving into this conversation. We're in the middle of it. He's just giving them all these instructions. And, and then he says this. I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. And they're like, whoa, that doesn't sound safe. He, says, he keeps going. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. 
be on your guard and you'll be handed over to the local councils and be flogged in the synagogues. <laughs> and they're like, wait, what did he just say? Yeah, because again, they're really popular at this point in time. And so they're not thinking, they're not expecting Jesus to say anything like this, right? And so, and, but what's wild is that in this passage, Jesus, he's, he, he's kind of looking, he's kind of doing what Jesus alone can do as God's son. He's kind of looking into the future. And he's saying, okay, in the future, this is what's going to happen. And what's really interesting, if, if you read the book of Acts, which takes place after Jesus' ministry, years and years in the future, this stuff actually happened. Jesus is saying, okay, this is what's going to happen to you. And his disciples are like, wait, like, I don't understand. Like, flogged in the synagogue. Like, people die from being flogged. Like, I, Jesus, wait a second. I, I don't know if I'm cool with that. But he, he keeps going. As they're processing that, he says this. Hey, on my account, you'll be brought before governors and kings as witnesses, which read Acts. That actually happened. He says, but you'll be my witnesses to them and to the Gentiles, but when they arrest you, and I'm sure Peter at this point says, wait, well, time out, time out, Jesus, wait, wait. You mean if, right? If they arrest you. Jesus says, no, Peter, when they arrest you. So, no, if, no, when. Hmm. When they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you'll be given what to say, to which I think the disciples are saying, I don't know. I know what I would say to that is, hey, Jesus, um, if, I'm, uh, if I'm arrested, I'm not going to be worried about what I'm going to say. I'm going to be worried about this part right here, the when you are arrested part or the flawed in the synagogue. That's what I'm going to be worried about. And so I don't really care about you giving me what to say. How about this? Why don't you give me a get out of jail free card? That's what, that's what I want you to give me. But he says, no, no, when, when you're arrested, you don't be worried about what you're going to say. Because at that time, you'll be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. And again, I think that they're just like trying to wrap their mind around this. This is like, wait, Jesus, like pump the brakes here. You're moving too fast. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you're saying that we're going to be arrested. And on top of that, you're going to say that the father is going to be involved in this. Like, he's going to know about it. He's going to be with us to the point that when we're arrested, he's going to actually give me what to say. Like, question, Jesus, if God is going to be a part of this, if the Father is going to be a part of this and he's going to be able to give me what to say, why doesn't he just give me something else like the ability not to be arrested? Because if God's going to be a part of this, can I tell you how I want him to be a part of this? I want him to be a part of this to keep me from having pain or having this stuff happen to me. Jesus keeps going. He continues to look forward to what happens in the book of Acts. He says this. He says, brother will betray brother to death. And a father, his child, and children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by everyone because of me. And Jesus just kind of keeps on going here. And he lets them know, okay, things are not going to be easy for you. Things will not be problem-free. And then... If you skip down to verse 28, because I'm not going to read all the rest of these verses, 20, 23 through 28, he says something. <laughs> he says that. He says, okay, in light, of, in light of everything I just said, 
In light of the fact that you're going to be arrested and flogged and everyone's going to hate you, hey, he, he, I, here's, what I want you, here's what I want you to hear from me. Here's, here's, where, here's what I want you to be able to do. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. <laughs> and they've got to think, Jesus, you said we're going to be arrested. Yeah, yeah. And when you're arrested, do not be afraid. But Jesus, we're going to be flogged. Uh-huh. And when you're flogged, do not be afraid. But Jesus, you said everyone is going to hate us. Yeah. And in the midst of that, do not be afraid. You think, well, <laughs> I don't know about you. I'm sure they're thinking, okay, well, you know, and why don't you just tell us to fly? Like, I mean, you're going to say things that are impossible to do. Then why don't you just say anything? But Jesus said, okay, now let me tell you. Let me tell you. I'm going to finish this sentence. Here's how. Here's how this could be possible. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And then he asked him a question. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Meaning, okay, aren't for you guys, sparrows, aren't they just kind of worthless? Like you don't, they don't, you know, not much value. So yeah, you're sold for a penny. He says, yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. So you're like, what you think is worthless, God, he actually cares for those things. They're not worthless to him. And then he makes a connection. He says, even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. So don't be afraid because you are worth more than many sparrows. Like, hey, don't be afraid because the one, you know, God the Father, the, the one who actually has all the power, who can Kill both body and soul. Destroy both body and soul. That one who's that great, who's that powerful, who has that authority, he actually cares for you. Like you matter to him. Like he knows you intimately, how many hairs you have on your head. And and, and he thinks that you are valuable. He thinks that you're worth a lot. And so, and so, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. (laughs) Again, I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but like I'm thinking if I'm one of the disciples, I, I'm, saying to, I'm saying to Jesus, um, look, I can buy in the idea of not being afraid, God. If you're going to ensure a pain-free and a problem-free life for me. Like I can, like I can know I don't have to be afraid if you're going to make sure the circumstances of my life go well. Like I don't really care that you know how many hairs I have on my head. What I want to know is that you're going to keep all the hair on my head intact. Like I'm going to be safe and I'm going to be successful. Then I'll know that you care for me. But Jesus, Jesus is pointing them to something here that's just a completely different degree of confidence. In fact, let me put it this way. See, Jesus is saying, is showing them that there is a confidence in God's care that is anchored to God's character, not just your circumstances. That there's a confidence in God's care that's anchored in God's character, not just your circumstances. And what Jesus is saying here is that if you follow me, if you follow me, here's what I want to show you. Here's where I want to take you. I want to help you see. What the Father is like. 
See, I want to help you know he is the only one who has the power and the authority to both destroy your, your body and soul, and he's the one who cares for you and loves you. I want you to know what Father's like. I want you to know how great he is, how powerful he is, and I want you to know how good he is, how loving he is, and, and how he sees you. I want you to see yourself through his eyes, that you're valuable, that you matter, that he knows you intimately, that he cares for you. Because here, here, if you do that, if you do that, then you don't have to be afraid. If you know that, if you follow me and you get to know the Father, then, then you'll, you'll realize you don't have to be afraid. Now, okay, real talk, right? I don't know how that lands with you. My expectation is that it lands with you somewhat like it lands with me. Like, like I hear this and I think, I got a lot of questions about that. And like, I don't know about that. And I got to wrestle with that. And there's things that I'm just not so sure about in here. And if you wrestle with that, I, well, let me just say this. I encourage you to do that. Wrestle with this. This is something you got to wrestle with. But as you wrestle with it, here's what I really want to make sure you don't miss, Okay. As you're trying to decide, can I believe this? Do I believe this? Is there really a a confidence in God that, you know, overwhelms my fear? Like, here's what I I want you to make sure you don't miss. Regardless if you believe this is possible or not, you have to see this is where Jesus wants to take you. This is where Jesus wants to take his followers. He wants to take them to a place where their confidence, their faith in God's character and, and how big he is and how strong he is, how great he is and how good he is, how loving and caring he is just overwhelms your fear. That's where he wants, that's where he wants to take you. Now, Jesus, we know this, that this is where he wants to take us because it's where he wanted to take his first followers. And he brought this up, like I said earlier, again and again and again with them. I think about the, the time, uh, Mark 4, if you're familiar with this story, like Jesus is like, wants to, wants to help them see, like just check in on it. Like, are you getting this thing that I'm trying to teach you? Are you getting to the place where I'm trying to take you? And so he takes them out on a boat and they start crossing the Sea of Galilee. And, and all of a sudden, because there's the Sea of Galilee, kind of sits in this valley where we're surrounded by mountains and like just storms will blow in. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they're out in the middle of this sea and this storm just blows in. And Jesus is conked out. He's asleep. He's just, you know, he's sleeping like a baby. And the, the disciples are on this boat and they're freaking out. And in fact, in the Greek, it's hilarious. I love like the, this literal translation. It, they actually say, um, they, they go and wake Jesus up. And they say, Jesus, don't you care that we're perishing to death? Don't you care that we're perishing to death? Like we're dying to death. Don't you, don't you care? Like they're freaking out because the waves are crashing over the boat. And, 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 and they, like most of them don't even know how to, to swim. And if the ones that do not swim are too far away, from, like they're going to die. And they're thinking, we're perishing to death. And they ask the question that we all want to ask at times. Like, Jesus, don't you even care? And you remember what happens? Jesus gets up, and he calms the storm. And after he calming the storm, he turns and he asks them a question. Do you remember what question he asked them? It's a crazy question. He, he asked them this question. He said, why are you so afraid? Why are you so afraid? <laughs> They're like, 
Well, I know you were just sleeping and all that stuff, but like there was a giant storm and the waves were in the boat and I was going to die. We're perishing to death. And she says, I know, I know about the storm. I know about the storm. Why are you so afraid? Come on, why, why are you so afraid? Is that weird? Is that a weird question? But time and time and time again, this is where Jesus would, would take them. This is the question that he would put before them. And then he asked the follow-up question. Hey, do you still, do you still have no faith? Or do you still not believe that your heavenly Father cares about you? And don't you know, do you still not know yet what God is like? Don't you know his character yet? Don't you know that your father cares about the sparrows and that the sparrows that, you know, remember guys, that y'all think is worthless? Don't you know he actually cares about them? And don't you know that he cares about you even more? And they're like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. But why the storm? And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not the question. The question is, why, why does the storm cause you to question God's character? Why are you afraid? Where's your faith? Now, it's interesting, this, this story goes on. He, he, after asking them these questions, he, if you remember the, the, the disciples' res- response, is that we're told is that they were terrified. And again, to go to the Greek, it's just I love this. He, he, they actually aren't just terrified. It actually says that they feared a great fear. As in, like, the, the, the uh, storm, their fear of the storm was here. But then after this, their fear of, of, of Jesus was here. And it's like for the first time, from what we can tell in the gospel accounts, the disciples started to clue in a little bit. They went, you'll see, they didn't get it yet. They still were afraid oftentimes. But here, they began, you, start, you see, like, there's an aha moment. And it just begins to click, at least to some degree, where they say, okay, oh, Jesus, that's... That's what you're trying to, to teach us. You're, you're trying to, that's what it means not to fear something that could just harm our body, a person or a storm or something like that, but to fear the one who actually can, can control the destiny of my soul, my, my whole self. And yet he cares for us. That's what it means. Okay. Huh. Huh. Maybe, maybe we cannot be afraid. Now, again, when you read Matthew and Mark, Luke and John, like you see this everywhere. Because over and over again, he's calling his followers to not be afraid, to not fear, to not worry, but instead to have faith. But not, but not friends, listen, not to have blind faith and not, and not to just have abstract faith. Like you, you got you to have faith. Like, no, it's like, no, it, it's, a, it's a certain kind of faith. It's faith in the character of God. It's specifically faith. Hear this, friends. Hear this. It's faith that God is who he says he is. That's what your faith is in. It's confidence that I can trust God to take him at his word, that he is who he says he is. And when you have confidence in that and, and his character, because you believe, you, 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 you have faith that he is who he says he is, then you can you can have faith that overwhelms or cancels out your fear because you know him. And again, just to reiterate, like this, man, 
this Christian faith, it's just so relational. You see that? It's so incredibly relational because Jesus is not saying, okay, let me give you a formula to follow me. And if you do these three steps, then life will go well for you. And he's not saying, let me, if you follow me, let me give you all these hoops to jump through and these things to do or things to don't do because that's what it's all about. No, he, no, he says, here's what it's about. Here's where I want to take you. If you follow me, come on, follow me. Everyone's invited. Come follow me. Here's where I want to take you. I want to I take you to a place where you actually know the Father. That's, what, that's where I want to take you. I want you to know what God is like. I want you to know the Father. When you know the Father, then you're, going to cha- you're going to change. And you're going to be set free from fear because you're going to realize, man, this is what God's like. And so I don't have to fear. Now, Again, I don't, I don't know how this is hitting you. But um, probably some of y'all, if I had to guess, are like, you know, this is, you know, <laughs> this is interesting, but I, I just can't buy it. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, like, if God is, is really like this, then my circumstances should always align with that. And so I just can't, I can't ever, I can't get my mind around that. If that and that's where you are, and you're like, I just can't believe that. Let me, let me just tell you, friends, Jesus, you know what he would say to you in that moment where you are right now? You know what he'd say? He'd say, hey, come follow me. He'd say, come follow me. You don't have to believe this yet. This is not where you start. This is where I want to take you. And here's how I'm going to take you. Just, just you know, as Justin talked about last week, just, just, Hey, just spend some time with me. Just, just do the next thing. Just the next thing that I'm calling you to do. And as you do that, you're going to get to know what God's like better. And your confidence in his character is going to grow. And so, hey, hey, I know you don't believe this yet. That's okay. You don't have to walk away from me. No, no, come on. Come follow me. Come follow me. This is where I want to take you. And I think there's probably others in here that would say this. They would say, okay, I want to believe this is true, but I am not there yet, and I've been following, and I'm still not there. And if that's where you are, let me say, first of all, friends, oftentimes I'm not either. Let me just be honest with that. This is hard. And here's what I want to encourage you with is that it took his disciples years to get this. And they were literally following Jesus in physical form. Like they had a hard time with this. It took them years to get to this point. And Jesus would regularly test them in this or check in where they are on this. And they would say, well, I'm not, I don't, I don't, Jesus, we're freaking out. We're afraid. He said, why, why are you so afraid? He's like, I guess, I guess Jesus, we just, we haven't gotten to where we've anchored our confidence in God's character yet. We're still anchoring our confidence to our circumstances. He says, okay, it's okay. Come on, keep following me. Keep following me. This is where I want to take you. And you know what brings me a lot of hope? Um, they got there. It took them a long time. <laughs> but his disciples, they got to a place where they followed Jesus, and then they followed him all the way up to a point where he was arrested. And then he was handed over and he was crucified. And then he rose again. And they saw him. And that's when the real aha moment happened for them. That's where they really got it. Where they say, okay, This is what you've been trying to show us, Jesus. This is what God is like. 
God really does care for us. The God that has the power to throw body and soul into hell has instead died in our place for our sins. The one that says that we matter more than sparrows now shows us, no, we don't matter just more than sparrows. You know how much we matter? We matter the Son of God dying for us in our place. That's how much we matter. And they began to understand that. And you know what it did? As they began to know God and have that confidence in the Father to that degree, you know what happened? They weren't afraid anymore. I mean, read the book of Acts. Every single thing that Jesus said would happen in Matthew 10 happens to them. And they go in it with boldness, unafraid. Why? Because they got it. This is what God is like. And so our confidence is traced, it's anchored to his character, not our circumstances. And so we don't have to be afraid. Friends, do you know anyone like that? You know anyone like that? Like these disciples, they got to a place where they could say along with the Apostle Paul, when Apostle Paul writes in Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. To which I want to say, wait, wait, wait. Wait, you mean you believe, right? No, no, and they say, no, no, we, we know. No, no, you, you mean you hope. You hope that all things work together for good. No, no, no. We know. No, we know. We know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and called according to his purpose. Can you imagine living with that kind of confidence? You know anyone like that? Many of y'all, I know y'all do. Some of you, you might not know anyone like that. But let me tell you, it's, they're real. <laughs> it's not like fairies out there. Like this is this kind of mythological person that's never afraid because they have this confidence in God's character. No, no they, they exist. I mean, they, those are people that are just amazing to be around, aren't they? And when you're around them, you think, man, gosh, I wish I could have that kind of confidence. I wish I could have that ability and not be afraid in the face of something that's truly terrifying. My, uh, my parents are this for me. I'm really blessed by that. See, my, my parents are modeling this even right now for me. As many of y'all know this, but um, my dad has an aggressive form of cancer. And uh, this April, after uh, two major surgeries and uh, directly one week removed from wrapping up six months of chemo, he had a PET scan. And uh, in that PET scan, it revealed that his cancer had returned. That had actually grown during six months of chemo. And um, that news shocked us, as you can imagine. We weren't expecting that. We were expecting a, clear, a clean scan. So when my mom and dad got that news, they, uh, they got some time away. They just took a couple days. They went to San Antonio. They processed this with God. And then uh, after two days, beginning that news, they, they wrote an email to a group of people who had been praying for them. And just to give you a real-life look of what this looks like, friends, I want to just read what they said in this email, just part of it. It says, this was an unexpected plot twist for Kathy and me. 
we were expecting a cancer-free scan and completion of treatment by the end of this month. And though this new plot twist was surprising to us, it wasn't to God. We trust the author of this story as caring and in control. Yet, it was good to get away together in San Antonio a couple of nights to process the news with the Lord. Nothing like walking the grounds of the Alamo to contemplate life and death. We continue to affirm that my times are in God's hands and our hope and trust are in him alone for my well-being. The greatness and the goodness of our God. Hear this. Demonstrated by the fact that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. Means that we can trust him and rest in him to accomplish both his glory and our good. He goes on and he says, we are convinced, we are convinced of Jesus' love for us and that the presence of cancer does not indicate absence of care. And don't you want to get to a point where you can say something like that? I completely rest in Jesus' care and control in my life, which provide the courage to enter completely into this new treatment process without questioning God's character or complaining. And then he adds, well, maybe a little irritability, which they said is a normal side effect of the treatment. And then he adds this verse, Psalm 62, 2. My God is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. As friends, I, I don't know about you, but I want that kind of faith. I want that kind of confidence in God's character. I want to be able to not be afraid in the midst of something that should scare me to death. And my bet is... You do too. Where you can have no fear in the face of cancer or financial hardship or being laid off or super hard relationships and dynamics that come with that uh, to, to where we could be like the disciples who would join and fulfill God's purpose for their life, their mission and life, and not be afraid of being bold witnesses for God, to just not have anything scare us and to have nothing that we're afraid of. I bet you we all want that. And you know what, friends, hear this. Jesus says, hey, follow me. Follow me. That's where I want to take you. I want to take you to a place where your confidence in God's character, where you know the Father to that degree. So you're never afraid. I've told you these things, Jesus would say, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you're going to have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. We're going to end this message, I think, the most fitting way we possibly could end it, by taking communion. And the communion table's in the front, there's communion table's in the back. We take communion as a way to remember Jesus' life and death for us. Because and, and in this case, friends, just as my dad said in his email, this is the thing that we look to and we can know just how much we matter to God. That he really does care for us, not just more than of many sparrows, but like this much. Jesus' body broken for us, his blood spilled for us that much. That's the cross. Hear this. The cross clearly communicates God's character. 
The cross clearly communicates God's character. And what we're remembering here, may it, may it just bolster our confidence or may it open our eyes to the fact that we can be confident to the truth that God is good and he's great and he loves you. And so you don't have to be afraid. If you place your faith alone in Jesus Christ as your, forgive, as, as your Savior, you're welcome to come and take communion now. If you never have done that, then what here, I really want to encourage you, instead of taking something that won't mean anything to you, spend time and just wrestle with this, okay? You don't have to stay in your chair if you want to get up and walk around. As you think about this, feel free to do that. But just wrestle with this and ask God, God, is this true? Is that really possible? And decide, would you be willing to start to follow? See where he, where he takes you. Let me pray for you now. Heavenly Father, God, this is, this is a lesson that is really hard for us to learn. And I confess that, that I am slow in this, but I want to learn it. Jesus, I'm so thankful that this is where you lead us, that you want to take us to where we have confidence in who God is and who the, what the Father is like, and that we would know his character and therefore not be able to, not, to, to be able to not even be afraid. God, will you, will you grow our faith as we follow you, Jesus? And would you even grow our faith right now as we take communion and we remember through this, 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 this sacrifice, this, this sacrament that just strongly communicates your character. Grow our confidence in your faith, in your goodness, God, in your character. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this ministry has blessed you. If you would like to support this ministry, you can donate at midtownaustin.org.